Welcome to Quantum Business Insights, Emerging Perspectives on People, Process, and Profits. Your host is Olivia Parr-Rood. In today's fast-paced, high-tech global economy, the business landscape is constantly evolving. To be successful, companies must continually adapt as well as identify and exploit new opportunities. Now, here is the host of Quantum Business Insights, Olivia Parr-Rood. Hi, Olivia here. Welcome to Quantum Business Insights, where each week we explore new perspectives on the changing nature of business with thought leaders from around the world. And I like to put a special emphasis on what I think is our most valuable asset, our human capital. So today I'm very excited to have as my guest Tom Oliver, author of Nothing is Impossible. So let me tell you a little bit about Tom. He's a business leader global social entrepreneur, author, speaker, artist, philanthropist, and visionary. He's founder and CEO of the World Peace Foundation, which Desmond Tutu has called the most influential peace gathering in history. Tom is also a member of the Club of Budapest and the Committee of 100 for Tibet. And he's a world-renowned artist, singer, songwriter, music producer, and passionate surfer. Tom is a man who has proven in his own life that nothing is impossible. So, Tom, welcome to Quantum Business Insights. Uh, Thank you so much for having me. I'm really excited as we open our minds today and see that nothing is impossible. (laughs) So, I love this concept. Nothing is impossible. (laughs) It feels very expansive and freeing. But I only have to think about it for a short time, and then I start to have doubts, and I, it seems like immediately I see obstacles in both business and in my personal life. And sometimes these challenges can be very formidable. Can you talk a little bit about how to keep trying when we face what seems like an insurmountable challenge? Absolutely, and I'm sure most of our listeners have experienced challenges uh, everywhere in their personal life, in their, in their professional life. Um, may I share a personal story with you and with our listeners? Oh, I would love that, please. When I grew up, I was a heavy stutterer. So I was literally, uh, you know, imagine you're uh, in class and you cannot get a word out. So it was really horrible. <laughs> Hard to believe. And then, yeah, absolutely. And um, now I speak five languages, flu and everything. My friends can't even imagine that I've ever used to stutter. And um, when I was 16, I got a scholarship to go to an American boarding school, which is called Choate Rosemary Hall, which is in Connecticut. Very famous boarding school. A lot of famous alumni like John F. Kennedy and a lot of actors like Micah Douglas and others. Now, what changed for me when I went to Choate was that coming from a German upbringing, I was not used to see sports on the agenda every single day. That was new to me. But at Choate, it was, you know, you had to engage in physical activity at least for an hour, hour and a half every day. And it was not until a year or two later that I started to connect the dots because I started to feel better and I started to see changes not only in my behavior but especially when it came to my speech impediment and when it came to a lot of other physical ailments and impediments I'd had before. Now, long story short, the solution was that I'd always been hyperactive, but neither my parents nor my teachers or peers or anybody surrounding me growing up had realized that. So I ended up suppressing my energy. I was told to, you know, calm down and not be so active, you know, and really suppress that energy, keep it inside of me. And then what happened was, obviously, it doesn't go away, but it becomes a negative whirlwind. It stays within you and causes all sorts of problems. So coming back to your question before, I truly believe, and I've seen in my personal life and in the lives of countless other high achievers around the planet, that every challenge, every impediment, whether it's a physical impediment or whether it's a professional impediment challenge or a challenge in your personal life, has a gift. There is an underlying gift or blessing that you have to discover. So there's literally an asset and a huge opportunity in what seems to be a major challenge. But 
we have to be willing to change our mindset and the way we view obstacles and challenges and have to approach them in that manner, namely that they are our friends. They want to help us to grow. Um, how is that specifically? Well, this is where you have to do some digging. You have to sit down and actually think about what could be the underlying positive, constructive energy behind that challenge or impediment. And then you will be able to turn it around. That's amazing. And I, I can't help but think that when you were young, if that had been today in the U.S., they would have drugged you. Oh, definitely. I was actually on a show. I was on a show a few weeks ago with um, a host, and he asked me what I thought about medication for, for ADHD or ADD kids or hyperactive kids. And I said, you know, I'm, I'm strictly against that because by suppressing your energy, you will only create more problems. Your energy is a gift, and your energy is unique, and you have to cherish and live your own unique energy. Do not care about what others may be telling you, what others say. Do not care about, you know, what that may look like or how you will look in front of others. Just start to live your own unique personal energy. And this will actually contain the answer to most of your problems. That's fascinating. And it sounds like once you get through the problem, then you're even more emboldened to tackle the next one. Uh, especially seeing Abs the absolutely. Gifting. Yeah, mm -hmm. absolutely. Because, you know, I discovered that um, behind the speech impediment, there was actually so much expression that wanted to go out. You know, really, there was wow. so much that wanted to be expressed. And now I'm, you know, celebrated global keynote speaker. I'm invited by the cutting edge corporations of today from Google to, to the World Bank. Uh, I'm by heads of state from Austria to India and China to address the world's leaders. And I do that in five languages around the planet. And I have fun with it. You know, I, I change between three, four languages in a, in a sometimes even in a single conversation back and forth. So for me now, it's fun. I play with it. But... Um, it's been, you know, it's been a challenging journey because I had to really trust that inner energy and I had to, to go with that energy and not go against it. And that's a challenge for all of us because we're taught to conform. We're taught to adhere to certain standards. Uh, we're taught, you know, what to look like, dress like, uh, you know, what to say, how to behave and so on. So we start to put limitations on ourselves uh, as we grow up, and this can be very detrimental. Yeah, that makes so much sense. And I think the fact that you had something inside of you that pushed you and allowed you to hang on to what was unique about yourself was, was truly remarkable. So for others that may not be as strong, um, in your book you talk about your four tips for success. Could you share mm -hmm. a little bit about those? Sure. It's always important to define where you want to go. So I call this to find your destination, and I devote a whole chapter to this in the book. So we don't have that much time, obviously. <laughs> but just, you know, the few initial steps, you have to define where you want to go. And literally, any great leader I've met, whether it's a world leader like a Dalai Lama or Desmond Tutu or business leaders or global CEOs or world-famous artists like Abano or Will I Am, they all have a very clear vision of what they want to accomplish. And it's important to know where you want to go, even though the road may change, the plan may change, the strategy may change, but your vision should never change, never compromise your own unique vision of what your ideal life could and should look like. And this um, contains your personal and your professional life. And this contains areas, uh, for instance, such as your spiritual well-being, your physical well-being, um, how well you connect with others, your social well-being. All of this is part of your own unique personal vision of the perfect life, I don't like the word perfect, but let's, you know, ideal life, the, mm -hmm. the most fulfilled reality you can experience. I encourage each and every one of my clients and of, of the listeners to really sit down and write down what your ideal life would look like in five or ten years from now. So it's not necessarily what the standards are from anywhere else except maybe what's in your own heart. Like, it doesn't oh, have to be money. Absolutely, yeah. absolutely. And a lot of times it defies 
common standards. It defies the status quo. Why? Because if you look at um, global business leaders like I mean, so many, but for instance, Carlos Ghosn, who um, CEO of Nissan and Renault, he was the first business leader to become CEO of two automobile manufacturers, two big manufacturers at the same time. So um, everybody told him, you know, this cannot be done. And he said, yes, you know, but I want to do this and I will do it and I will succeed. So he divided up his time and he said, you know, two to three days a week, I'm going to devote to Nissan and two to three days, I'm going to devote to Renault. And it worked. And for him, it did because he came up with his own unique solution. Let me give you another example. Norio Oga um, was the Sony chairman who was so famous because he not only became CEO of Sony and led Sony literally into its prime, but he also invented the CD, which obviously, as we know today, was a groundbreaking milestone in the history of music and you know music development and so on. Um, and he was CEO of Sony, yes, but at the same time, he was a classical conductor. So he conducted some of the most famous and most listened to symphonies during the time he was chairman at Sony. How did he do that? Well, he came up with his own clever plan and literally worked three hours a night on his symphonies, then went back to bed and was uh, woken up by the Sony chief um, of the U.S. who was just about to go to bed at that time and finish his working day. So, you know, it, it's crazy things, but it just shows you that everything is possible. Business leaders like Richard Branson have consistently defined what other people defined as normal and have consistently pushed the boundaries. And there are countless of examples like this in all areas, not just business. And it sounds like the more specific you get, the better, right? That Absolutely. And I always encourage my clients and, and I will encourage all of our listeners now to think in terms of both and not either or. You know, when we grow up, we're conditioned to think in terms of I can either do this or that, mm-hmm. um, but not both. Uh, start to think in terms of both. If you want to pursue two careers or two dreams at the same time, think about how you could possibly combine the two. There are a lot of great business leaders who are amazing athletes at the same time, who win uh, you know, um, uh, triathlete championships or Ironman and so on and so on. So, um, and, and the list goes on and on and on. Think about, challenge what you define is the norm. Challenge your own boundaries. Try to push your boundaries and you will push the world's boundaries at the same time. That's great. So how about the second um, tip for success? The second tip for success, obviously, you have to know your strengths and your weaknesses. And this is something that most people are not truly aware of. When you set out to accomplish your vision and to really realize your highest aspirations, you have to have a very clear knowledge of not only what truly matters to you, what drives you, but also what are your major strengths. Mm. And you have to make sure that you complement yourself with people or partners who make up for what you lack most. Literally, the people who are great at what you would define your greatest weak spots. And you have to work with these people, partner up with these people, or hire these people so that you can get where you want to go. So it's really collaboration, it sounds like, is the way to go here. Absolutely. But, you know, uh, Olivia, a lot of people, even at business school, and I I teach at the world's best business schools from Manchester to Kellogg, they define cooperation, collaboration in a very superficial, shallow way. They say, you know, because it's become a very much a, a hip word, you know, we have to collaborate. True collaboration includes a thorough understanding of who you are, and what you're best and most gifted at. Only then you can truly collaborate with others. That's powerful. Well, we're just up on a break, so I would like to just um, go to break now. I'm talking to Tom Oliver, and we're talking about his new book, Nothing is Impossible, and we'll be back in a minute.
when it comes to business, you'll find the experts here. Voice America Business Network. Our workplace is dynamically changing. How do you stay ahead of the curve with respect to learning and training? Tune in every week to The Future of Workforce Learning and Development with host Pamela Robinson. You'll learn about real-world strategies, solutions, and resources that will showcase these changes and keep you ready for what's next. The Future of Workforce Learning and Development is heard live every Wednesday at 1 p.m. Eastern Time, 10 a.m. Pacific Time on the Voice America Business Channel. Do you, like most Americans, spend the majority of your life at work? Are you making it the joy that it deserves to be, or are you feeling drained and unfocused? Tune in to A Great Place to Work with hosts Kurt Kaufman and Dr. Kathy Sorensen. Your hosts have more than 30 years of experience in workplace consulting and are ready to bring you the secrets and success stories of businesses who are making their business a great place to work. Listen every Friday at 11 a.m. Pacific Time, 2 p.m. Eastern Time on the Voice America Business Channel and enjoy a better workplace and a better life. Voice America Business Network, the bottom line in business. You are tuned in to Quantum Business Insights with Olivia Parr-Rood. To reach the program with questions or comments, please send an email to show at oliviagroup.com. That's show at oliviagroup.com. Now, back to Quantum Business Insights. Hi, Olivia here, and I'm talking to Tom Oliver about his new book, Nothing is Impossible. And to learn more about Tom, you can go to his website at tom-oliver.com. So before the break, we were talking about things we can do to overcome challenges and look at those things as having nuggets of information for us that may be gifts that we, once we overcome them could become our greatest asset. And then we got into the four tips for success. And so we um, talked about the first one, having a clear vision And then the second one, knowing your strengths and weaknesses and learning how to really partner with people in a very deep way to help you get to your goals. So could you share, Tom, what is the third tip for success? Right. So number one, you have to clearly define your destination. You have to know where you want to go. Number two, you got to know what your strengths and weaknesses are. And you have to partner and collaborate with people who are best at what you lack most. And this is the true sense of collaboration and cooperation, as we said before. So we have to redefine what collaboration, cooperation means for us. And the true and best way to define collaboration, cooperation would be that I complement myself with the right people and partners who make up for what I like most so that I can concentrate on my unique strengths, my talents, and my gifts and make them shine instead of working on my weaknesses and, you know, at best get to mediocre and improve something that's weak and get it to, you know, mediocre, but we will never be remembered for our weaknesses. So that's a true sense of collaboration and cooperation. Now, the, the third step would be to know how to deal with obstacles. And we talked about that a little bit before with the challenges. And again, a lot of people are thrown off course by obstacles, and this is absolutely normal. However, we have to get back on course, and this means that we have to look where we want to go. I'm a passionate surfer, and you know whether it's kite surfing, wave surfing, or uh, snowboarding, anything with a board and anything liquid is is fine. Mm-hmm. And um, it's, it's a very crucial when you learn a board sport, when you learn how to surf, and again, it doesn't matter which surfing you're doing. Mm-hmm. Um, it's very crucial to look where you want to go. And the craziest thing is that your body and the board will make almost miraculous adjustments to take you where you want to go and the direction in which you're pointing your head. So once you turn your head where you want to go, everything else turns with you and you make the adjustments. However, if you're looking at the obstacles in front of you, the waves coming in or anything else, when you're snowboarding, the little bumps, you know, a downhill, everything, 
you compromise your balance and you will fall, you will lose your balance. So yeah. this is a universal principle. A principle. You have to look where you want to go. And life will make the miraculous adjustments to take you there. But you cannot focus on obstacles. That's very, very important. And it's so easy to get caught up in obstacles, but we simply cannot focus on them. So that relates to that common saying, keep your eye on the prize, right? Just uh, Absolutely. Keep your eye on the prize. But you, um, you have to know how to, as we said before, complement yourself with others. And you have to know how to unwrap the gifts when it comes to the challenges. So um, some obstacles are rather major challenges than just obstacles. So they're not really blips, they're really bigger. And how do you deal with these? And how do you deal with, as I said before, you know, having a serious speech impediment? Or how do you deal with something else that you would define a major challenge in your life? I was recently on, a, on the phone with the CEO of a company in the U.S., and he suddenly developed an, an illness. And for him, that illness is a stone in his shoe. He's not even able to... Uh, truly um, cater to his company and the company's needs and his professional life because the illness makes it so difficult. So now, we're not really dealing with an obstacle anymore. We're dealing with a major challenge. So how do you solve something like that? And you do it in the manner I described initially. You sit down and you start to think what could be the underlying benefits? What could be the positive, constructive energy that I may be suppressing or not seeing in this case? What's the positive behind that challenge or impediment? And then just play around with it. Give yourself a little, you know, cut yourself some slack. Give yourself some time. Be patient. It could come up in the first five minutes. It could take you a few weeks, maybe even months, but rarely longer than that. And then you will discover what the underlying positive energy is behind that major impediment or challenge. That's very powerful. Thank you. So, so once you've gotten through that, then what is success mm -hmm. tip number four? Well, success tip number four is that you have to find the right partners, the right long-term partners to help you accomplish your goals. And... Um, this goes back a little bit to what I was saying earlier, but it also means, you know, the right partners um, in terms of the right company to work for or, or the right partners to start your own company with or the right people to surround you with and so on. And a lot of times we tend to make the same mistakes over and over again. It's like falling into bad personal relationships. It's very important that the visions are aligned. So I said in the beginning that we have to make sure we define where we want to go. But in the same way, the visions have to be aligned um, when you're partnering up with somebody to start your own company or when you're getting somebody on board to run parts of your company or when you are um, uh, going into a job interview, you have to make sure that the vision of where you want to go is in line with the vision the company has or the department has um, where you will be working. This is very crucial. A lot of people overlook that. They think, well, you know, it's good to have somebody when they're running their own business. It's good to have a helping hand or, uh, you know, it's good I found a job. And it's certainly good you found a job when you're an employee, but you have to make sure that the vision of where you want to end up is aligned with that. Otherwise, you would be better off looking for a different fit. So would that be true if you were, say, hiring something as someone as like an assistant to just do help with bookkeeping or mainly for a more a strategic partner? Does it matter in those? Excellent question. Excellent question. I think for the more for the strategic partners, but let's break this down. If you hire an assistant, and I've certainly been there <laughs> many times. <laughs> I think each one of us can tell their own story, write an old book about assistance. Um, you have to make sure, again, that the visions are aligned. But now, not so much on a fundamental um, sense, but rather, you know, ask the person you want to get on board whether they see themselves in five or ten years. If they see themselves, you know, somewhere completely different, doing something completely different 
from what they sign up for, well, you know they're not going to stick around long, probably. They're driven by something else than passion and motivation. Now, I've seen companies, though, and I'm friends with CEOs, who've been able to put companies together where literally almost every single position is filled with somebody who really wants to stay there long term. And consequently, they have very, very low turnover rates when it comes to their staff and personnel. Now, that's an excellent example of um, a company that has very clearly defined its vision and mission, and almost every single one of the people applying to work at the company fully buys into that vision and mission. Mission. Let me give you another example, a very famous example, Google, certainly one of the rock star brands right now, and of course one of the most valuable brands in the world today. But first and foremost, it's the number one company where graduates want to work. So Google has been ranking consistently as the number one, um, you know, number one company on the wish list of people coming out of college and university. Um, it goes to show that the way Google has defined its mission and mm-hmm. vision, which is basically two, three sentences, and the founders defined this at the very beginning of Google, um, Google has done a great job in keeping this mission and vision very simple and giving it universal appeal to anybody who's, you know, really can... Anybody who goes to work at Google clearly knows what the company is all about, but more importantly, they can buy into that vision. It's not complicated. It's very clear-cut. And obviously, it plays to the sign of the times. It's hip. This is in right now. It's really at the the pulse of today. Um, And that obviously helps. But in short, for your own company, it means if you want to build a successful business, Try to define what this is all about. Make it simple. Put purpose, meaning, and passion into it. Convey this clearly uh, to anyone who wants to work for that company. And then make sure that their vision is aligned with yours. Otherwise, they may be super talented. They may come highly recommended. But they will not be there for the long term. And they will not be the best fit. And you will make you, you can be sure that there will be a lot of friction. Oh, that's great. That's a, that really makes a lot of sense. So I would love to get your thoughts about, let's just say, vision number one, where you have a really clear idea of what you want. What if you don't have a clue? You know, you're just kind of feeling lost. Maybe you've achieved some success, but your heart's not in it. And you know there's something that you would like to get in touch with within yourself. Do you have any tips for people like that? Sure, sure. And I started out, and I still am, a creative artist. So I'm a singer-songwriter. And so it's as a life performer and singer-songwriter and artist, you are by nature passionate. I recall a conversation I had with a fellow Club of Budapest um, member, Paulo Coelho, who wrote The Alchemist and I think published now in excess of 150 million books worldwide. And we had a great conversation a few years back at the Cannes Film Festival, and um, he was saying, you know, uh, artists are by nature passionate. We fall in love every day, and it's true. And, and literally, but we fall in love with, you know, uh, the sunlight, uh, the way a certain music plays, the way something looks in the, you know, after sunrise. This and that. We, we literally fall in love with life every single day. And I think that... We all have that in us. Even if you're not a creative artist, you can cultivate passion mm. and you can cultivate enthusiasm. And it's important to tell you that it's that you have to listen to your heart. You have to listen to your soul. You have to find what you're truly passionate about and then put your energy and your mental and physical action behind it, which means that, you know, just, just give it all you got. Just go for it. And obviously, you were mentioning this um, in your question, success, the way we commonly define success in terms of, you know, having a great job, having a lot of money and so on, really has not much to do with real success. Real success means that you are successful and you have well-being in all of its forms, not just financial, but also physical um, well-being when it comes to your relationship with others. Um, you do work that is meaningful, that has a purpose.
purpose that you believe has a place in this world and a value. And, you know, obviously, a lot of people become disillusioned at some point. Even when they've climbed up the corporate ladder, they're making a lot of money, but suddenly they feel so empty because they've really lost touch with that inner child where they wanted to go and what truly drives them, what they're truly passionate about. And this is something that should be the very first thing you ask yourself, not, you know, how can I make a lot of money or how can I be secure? The security will come once you start to follow your own vision and once you start to do what you're most passionate about. Then you will accomplish what we would call security and also financial well-being. But you have to trust your heart and you have to go for your passion. And that makes a lot of sense. So for, say, somebody who doesn't have a clue, maybe they could right. just like, follow their own feelings throughout a week and say, wow, where was it that I got really excited? So maybe they're playing with the neighbor's children and this has opened such passion for them that they could go and study how to run a child care center or be a well, teacher or something. Well, that's one way to go about it, absolutely. Another way would be to um, go at it from two different ends. One is to define where you want to go, to put that vision down. Now, I've seen with people who had no clue where they wanted to go that after that they did this vision exercise, suddenly, already in a few areas, they clearly knew where they wanted to go. I had this example of an entrepreneur woman from New York, and she was in one of my global leadership circle seminars at Manchester Business School in the UK, and she told me, you know, I have no idea what I want to do. And then mm -hmm. I said, how come? And then she said, well, you know, I, go, I went to my uh, counselor here at, at business school. I asked her. And then I asked my friends and I asked my parents and this and that. And it became very clear to me after talking to her for just a minute that she had been looking uh, really for advice anywhere else but inside of herself. She's mm. clearly asking everybody but herself <laughs> where she wanted to go. And obviously that didn't work out. And obviously she got a hundred different answers. And obviously she had no clue where she wanted to go. So I told her, listen, sit down, do the vision exercise for just two minutes. And after two minutes, believe it or not, she had already put down where she wanted to go in some of the major areas of her life. Yes, the job was not in it yet, but she had found what she really wanted to do in her relationships, where she wanted to be, what kind of relationship she wanted to have. She had put down where she wanted to live, which was a biggie for her, how she wanted to live. She had mm -hmm. clearly put down that she actually wanted to uh, not to devote uh, her full time to one single business, but she wanted to do philanthropic work at the same time, which was very important for her and so on. And I looked at her and I said, this is just two minutes. So after years of wandering around and asking everybody else but yourself for advice, after two minutes, you have opened the gates of heaven, so to speak, and inner knowledge just because you were willing to ask yourself instead of the others. That and that is the key. Yes, and I think you made another point, which is, I think, really important, and that is that we can have more than one thing we want to have in our vision, right? So... Uh, maybe some people will think, "Oh, I I can't go. I can't have two things." But like the the CEO of a Nissan and Renault, if I got that right, um, was able to run two companies. Absolutely. In some ways, we can have it all if we want to put in the work and I guess the diligence to manage our our time. Exactly, and and to challenge yourself when it comes to your belief systems, because again. Um, we are surrounded by limiting beliefs all the time. One of them is what I said before, that you cannot do both. But the other one is, for instance, age. You know, I know very mm -hmm. successful entrepreneurs who founded their, uh, their own business after 50. You know? but, yes. And again, if you listen to, to the common status quo and the common belief systems, it's you, know, you cannot possibly start your own business after 50. And so it goes on and on. It goes on and on. You know, and it, it, dress code, everything. I mean, it's, it, it really, um, can, it, limiting beliefs stretch to every single part of our lives. And we have to challenge ourselves not to fall into negative thinking and limiting beliefs. We have to ask ourselves, you know, is this really true? Do I really believe this is true? Could there be another way? And then try to find that other way for yourself. Even if you come up, as I always tell my um, students and my clients, even if you're the first one to come up with a unique solution, you will inspire others to do the same. 
That's great. Well, thank you. So we're just up on a break, and um, so I'd like to take the break now, and then when we come back, I want to talk a little bit about why we resist change. So my guest today is Tom Oliver, and we're talking about his book, Nothing is Impossible, and we'll be back in a minute. From the boardroom to you, Voice America Business Network. Are you a business innovator or are you just sitting on the sidelines? Tune in every week for Coffee Break with Game Changers, presented by SAP. Host Bonnie D. Graham talks to a cross-section of the movers and shakers who are leading by example. They will share best practices and innovative ideas to keep you thinking and moving along with the best. Join us for Coffee Break with Game Changers, presented by SAP, Wednesday mornings at 11 a.m. Eastern Time, 8 a.m. Pacific Time on the Voice America Business Channel. Does your business, like many, face obstacles to becoming successful? Would you love to have an open forum of entrepreneurial ideas and best practices brought to you each week? Tune in for The Second Stage with hosts Brendan Anderson and Jeffrey Cadlick. We'll spotlight entrepreneurs and growing companies that are creating a vibrant economic base, as well as addressing some of the obstacles that could be standing in the way of your success. Listen Mondays at 5 p.m. Eastern Time, 2 p.m. Pacific on the Voice America Business Channel. Business community's first choice in Internet Talk Radio, Voice America Business Network. You are tuned in to Quantum Business Insights with Olivia Parr Rood. To reach the program with questions or comments, please send an email to show at oliviagroup.com. That's show at oliviagroup.com. Now, back to Quantum Business Insights. Hi, Olivia here, and I'm back with Tom Oliver, author of Nothing is Impossible. And before the break, we were talking a little bit about limiting beliefs and habits that hold us back. And I think that one of those is that some people just really resist change. So, Tom, I'd love you to talk a little bit about, mm, with, for my listeners, how do we become more, have more courage around change and, um, you know, drop some of the fear. Absolutely. And this is a biggie. And this is true for all of us. And Buddha had a great uh, uh, saying in his teachings, and that was, you know, everything is change. Change is the o- really the only constant there is in our lives. So mm. why do we resist it so much? Well, because we like things the way they are and then even if we kind of you know want to change something we feel that you know we're we're a bit afraid of the unknown i think that's probably it and mm. i when when talking to my clients and when you know whether it's a ceo of a multinational company or whether it's somebody um uh starting a new uh business in silicon valley um after they define where they want to go, this fear sets in. Mm. Because, um, you know, once they see where they want to end up and where they want to go, they know there will be a lot of change along the way. Well, you know what? If you embrace yourself what you want and your wishes and you put your goals down, Mm -hmm. you have to embrace change at the same time. Change is your friend that will take you to a destination. Without change, well, you will never achieve your goals because... You know, if you're not embracing change, it means you don't have any goals because to get there, you will have to get on a journey and there will be change. But it doesn't mean that this change is bad. Um, And so you really have to look at it in the following way. When you define your destination, it doesn't matter whether it's a personal destination or the destination of your company. You put this in writing and you got it all down and then it's as if you were on a boat in a river. And... The final destination that you so clearly defined is the ocean, right? And the river will take you to the ocean in due time because that's where all the rivers are headed. But you got to trust the flow of the river. Now, the river is obviously change. Your life is the boat on that river. And you're there and you have to go with change. But you cannot dictate the exact road that the river will take. You cannot predict 
every single curve or bent of the river, every single one of its movements, because you simply do not know, and you're not in a position to know best how to get to your destination. The only thing you can do is go with change, focus on your goal where you want to, focus on your vision, focus on getting to the ocean, and then let life literally do the rest. And obviously, you got to play ball. You got to, you know, uh, react to changes that come up, and you have to be flexible. But that's really all you have to do. You have to follow your impulses. You have to take constructive action. But you have to trust that the universe and life's magical processes will take care of the rest and will get you there. And again, it doesn't matter if you start your own company in Silicon Valley, if you are a household mom and you want to sell Tupperware out of your own home. Or if you are a CEO of a multinational company and you want to take it somewhere else in the next five to ten years. So that's really powerful. And I'd, I'd like to relate it back to the first success tip, which is where – so this has been my experience, is that when I was first trying to get my vision, I felt like I tapped into something really powerful within myself. So when I was then confronted with lots of – change and I would get scared, I would just go back in there and that would give me comfort. It would, it would give me the ability to trust. Does that make sense? Absolutely. And you did exactly what I just outlined. I mean, you focused on the ocean, on your vision of where you want to go. You didn't focus on the little things along the way. You didn't get distracted by change. No, mm -hmm. you focus on your vision, the vision you're passionate about, the vision that drives and motivates you, the vision that you know, gets you out of bed in the morning, the vision that gets you excited, that's what you have to focus on. But trust me, it's all too simple for all of us to get sidetracked and to lose ourselves in doubts, self-doubts, fear, resistance, or the little challenges and obstacles along the way. That makes uh, a lot of sense. Thank you. So, you have a little bit of... Uh, well, you mentioned that a little bit of laziness enhances mm -hmm. productivity. Can you talk about that a little bit? Yeah, and, and this always gets a lot of sweat on the forehead of the <laughs> MBA program directors when I, oh, gosh, when, I I, <laughs> when I get up in front of the cans and I'm talking about laziness. My God, my God. But um, in the end, we always come full circle and, and they sigh in relief. So um, what I mean is that... Um, we should be focused on quality, not quantity. Mm -hmm. And what I mean is that it's not about how many hours you work. It's not about, you know, how active and busy you are. It's about the outcome, the results you produce. This is what it's really all about. We want high-quality results. Um, we don't want to just work for work's sake. Now, we all know that to achieve high-quality results, we have to be in a balanced state. We have to be in a state where we can be most productive. We have to have periods in which we produce our, I would call them breakthrough ideas or have these, you know, aha moments. But we can only produce the kind of innovation, groundbreaking ideas or breakthrough successes if we have periods where nothing is happening, where literally our mind goes into a kind of free flow. And trust me, I was born and raised in Germany <laughs> I have a hard time with that, you know, because Germans don't do that. You know, they're, not, no. they're not into laziness or inactivity. Anything remotely lazy is frowned upon. But mm. then when you go to cutting-edge corporations like Google, for instance, you see that there are lap pools for the um, employees to swim in. There are free massages for the employees. There are free meditation classes. There are arcade games, video games, pool tables ping pong tables, you name it. I mean, that there is no golf course for the employees. I think we'll see that next year probably. It's, you know, it's, it's amazing. It, it looks like a theme park, honestly. It doesn't look like work at all. And, but this is very clever, and I'll tell you why. Because it creates an environment in which work and fun merge. They become mm -hmm. one. And people can um, retreat to what I call islands of power, and these are islands of power in the form of, as I said before, these various activities, free massages, you know, arcade, video games, whatever, so that people can recharge and get their mind off the problem at hand. Why? The nugget is this. 
you are most creative precisely when you are not aware of it and when you take your mind off the problem or challenge. So again, you're most creative when you take your mind off the problem at hand. Google, has real, Google realized this early on, and this is why they've put this phenomenal Google campus into practice, and it's been working its magic ever since. So this is how people are able to produce innovation at the highest level and also are, yeah, well, output at the highest level in general, but when it comes to Google, obviously, especially innovation. They're able to produce the groundbreaking ideas that have allowed Google to always come out as number one or two in the most valuable global brands uh, today. And this goes to show for all of us, we have to create these islands of power. Forget about overworking, being burned out, you know, uh, uh, going crazy, doing the rat race, everything. It seems to work because you're the little hamster in the hamster wheel and you're running and it seems like you get a lot of stuff done. Looking back, you're not really being very productive. You don't really get a lot of stuff done. You will never achieve the kind of breakthrough successes that truly propel you to live the life of your dreams and to get to the place where nothing is impossible and to get to your ideal vision of what your life should and could look like if everything went according to plan. You have to build in these islands of power to allow your unique talents to shine. Well, that makes a lot of sense. And when you mentioned the lap pool, it actually reminded me that when I was in graduate school, I was studying statistics, and I was just struggling with this problem. And I think if I had spent the next three hours in my left brain working on it, I would not have had any success. So I went swimming. And while I was underwater, <laughs> without even realizing it, the solution came to me. And I remember thinking, gosh, I wish I had a pen and paper, but I was soaking wet. So... I did, I did remember it, but the way I understand that is that when we're in our left brain, we can sort of track and force it, but when we're going over to the creative right brain, and maybe it's top, bottom brain, I know there's a lot of different definitions there, but that's where we have to let go, um, and then all those ideas, all those aha moments can come through. It's fascinating that Google has figured that out and actually championed it for its people. Oh, absolutely, absolutely, and, and this is... Uh Again, it's, it's the pillar of Google's success. And um, creative artists are very familiar with that phenomenon, which you call to step back. We call it a process of surrender. It's a process of surrender and not control. And most mm -hmm. businesses do not understand the true nature of innovation because they think it's a linear process. Yes. It's a process they can control. They cannot control it. They can plan for it by providing the ideal framework for true creativity and innovation to happen, but they have to understand the creative process, and this is where they can learn a lot from creative artists. And I, um, a lot of the work I do is, is talk about um, uh, the secrets behind creativity and innovation and mm -hmm. teach this to, uh, to brands and to CEOs so that they can really crack this code and firmly include it in the corporate's DNA. Oh, that's great. Well, so we have about three minutes left, and I would just like to see if, if someone buys your book, so um, I'm hoping they'll go and get it. What would they, how do you see that working, or what would, be, what would you ask them to kind of pay attention to and maybe uh, have an intention around studying? Right, well, the, the book is unique in the sense that it's... Um, full of very practical exercises that do not take more than 30 seconds to five minutes a day. Oh, that's uh, Sorry, uh, yeah, and uh, per, per exercise. You can obviously do as many as you want in a given day, but per exercise, they never take longer than 30 seconds to five minutes. However, as all the amazing reviews we've gotten from uh, CEOs and entrepreneurs and other individuals around the world from all different disciplines, um, they are not only effective, but they produce the kind of long-lasting results and the momentum you need to really change your life around in um, your personal arena, but also in your professional arena. And it's very crucial that these exercises are not longer than 30 seconds to 5 minutes a day because this means you can do them anywhere, anytime. This is really a book designed for the busy lifestyle 
for the people of today who never seem to have enough time, mm. but have this yearning inside of them that there is so much more out there they could do, that there is another reality out there, there this yearning that they could really go for it all. And let me tell you, you can go for it all. You can, and countless, countless others have done it and have created a most fulfilled reality for themselves, and so can you. Oh, that's great. And I think it, it's going to bring them joy as well as all these other gifts and um, accomplishments. But I think we're happiest when we're, we're in our passion. So. Oh, absolutely. As I said before, I do not trust in a very narrow definition of success. For me, success is, is freedom, it's happiness, it's well-being, it's physical well-being, it's fun, it's enough time with family and friends, it's mm-hmm. enough time with yourself. Um, it's, it's doing the things you love to do. Um, and that's really what it's all about. Uh, well, Tom, thank you so much for being my guest today. I hope you'll come back and visit us again. Thanks so much, Olivia, with absolute pleasure. Oh, thank you. So next week, my guest will be Bernie Nagel, author, speaker, and creator of Ultrapreneur, which he defines as one who leads an enterprise with conspicuous regard for all stakeholders. And we'll be discussing the hard job of soft management. So you won't want to miss this. For a full description of the show and to access all past shows, go to quantumbusinessinsights.com. I'm your host, Olivia Parvard, saying thank you for tuning into Quantum Business Insights and have a great week. Thank you for tuning in to Quantum Business Insights. Please join your host, Olivia Parr-Rood, again next Friday at 9 a.m. Pacific Time, noon Eastern Time on the Voice America Business Channel. Enjoy your weekend, and we'll talk again next week. Thanks again for listening to the preceding program brought to you on the Voice America Business Channel. For more information about our network and to check out additional show hosts and topics of interest, please visit voiceamericabusiness.com. The Voice America Talk Radio Network is the worldwide leader in live Internet talk radio. Visit voiceamerica.com. The views and ideas expressed on the preceding program are strictly those of the host or guests and do not necessarily reflect the views and ideas held by the Voice America Talk Radio Network, its staff, and management.